Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're momming today with Jason Rance, talk show host from Seattle, a regular on Fox News, and my guest for the next couple of minutes for this podcast. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You know, every day. I've always wanted to be a mom. (laughs) Well, these days you can just identify as one. Exactly. Put on your mom's shoes now. And look, we are all striving to raise understanding, sensitive, worldly children that respect differences in other people. But I feel like it's gone way too far. Um, I've got, my oldest is six. I'm not even touching these topics of CRT and mm. gender identity with her. And I don't think I'm going to do so when she's in second grade two years from now. This is nuts. It's too, it's too early for kids to be talking about those things. And, you know, I, I think we've I agree with you. We've clearly gone away from this idea of just teaching about tolerance, which I don't think is controversial to anyone, to telling folks that things are facts when they are not. And I think what we're seeing go on, whether it's CRT in the classroom or gender identity, I think what we're seeing is a intentional attempt to change culture because it's very difficult to convince an adult who has a, you know, a lifetime of experiences and knowledge that, you know, someone can have no genders, but sometimes two genders at the same time. You're not going to be able to convince most adults who don't already uh, claim to believe that, that that is a reality. However, if you get it in front of kids and you start really, really early and you tell them that every single day for years and years and years, many times without not just parental consent, but without parental knowledge, you're indoctrinating that kid into adopting that worldview. And so then they become adults And they hold that worldview and then they're the ones who are changing the culture because they already believe what the adults have been putting in their heads for this entire time. That's an easier way to change culture than to try to convince the actual society that you're on the right side of a position. I I guess they want to change the culture because they're not happy with it, because I'm going to go with the small group of people um, are dissatisfied, want everything to be more inclusive. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you are where this all started. But now we're seeing parents, especially all people, but but parents fight fight against it. Well, they're fighting against it because I think it's that natural instinct that this is not good for my kid. Right. Yeah. I mean, all mothers and fathers have those natural parental instincts where they want to protect their kids from something that's wrong. And usually we, we think about it in terms of uh, a physical danger. Right. We want to hold their hands when we're walking across the street or we want to tell them don't talk to strangers, things like that. But it, it's the same instinct, I think, that is at play here where something internal tells a mom or a dad that this this is wrong this doesn't seem right and we have to protect our kids from it and i'm i'm glad that there's been this significant pushback and 
in a weird way, we have COVID to, to, to sort of credit for this. I don't think a lot of parents would be in this position right now had it not been for remote learning. And you've got your kid in the living room or the dining room working on a laptop and you're working from home and they're on uh, hearing from their teacher over the webcam and you're trying to do your own thing. And then in the back of the room, you're like, wait, what did that teacher just say? Wait, huh? What did she just say? There's a system of white supremacy and you have to dismantle the system of oppression. And they said, how many genders exist? And all of a sudden, lots of parents went online and started to talk about what was going on. And then news coverage started to kick in, mostly on Fox News and Fox Business. And then it just started to become this organic movement to push back against this. And the truth is, we would not have if your kid came home from school and said that the teacher said there were 300 genders, you would probably think, okay, uh, you you obviously misheard the, the, the teacher didn't say that. But you literally heard the teacher say it now. And we know what's going on. And there's been significant pushback. I think the kids get hurt by this in the end, because, look, if if any of my children are dealing with some identity issues um, now, it's part of this political and ideological firestorm. Right. I, I think most parents in 2022 would be sympathetic to their children or their child's friends questioning their school. I don't want to say questioning their skin color because I don't think kids know to do that naturally. I don't think yeah. you have to tell them what they are. You know what I'm saying? I think they just live oh, in this exactly. peaceful world where everyone's the same. I, I see it in my own children. I like to think that that's the case. But if we're constantly telling them you're this because of this, this is good, this is bad, you know, but I think especially with the gender identity stuff, as it gets swept up in this this firestorm, this larger discourse that has become very negative, I think it's tougher on the kids to be accepted and, and come to terms with how they do want to present themselves to the world when they're mature enough to actually do so. I, I 100% agree with that. And I, it was I was on the Faulkner Focus this week and Harris had come on my show and we were talking about this very issue and I, I'm gay. And we were talking about this sort of push into getting now kids to accept something that they don't even realize is a reality at the time that the teacher is trying to push this on them. And I take that from my own experiences where I don't think most folks know either way because they're not really they're, they're not being trained to think of it in that way. Uh, uh, sexuality and attraction because they're not sexual beings at the age of five or six years old. But it once takes you get puberty. Post, right. Exactly. Right. You get to puberty and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've got these feelings that uh, are towards these folks and not those or this gender and not that one. And straight kids go through it exactly the same way as gay kids. Just they're looking towards a a different gender as far as who they're sexually attracted to. And it it is okay, I think, at that age to have conversations about what that means. Right. But when we're talking about it with five, six, seven year old kids and whatnot, it to me, it comes off more as pushing them in a direction or you want them to be able to say that they're actually a girl when they don't really uh, feel that way and are biologically a boy. But they're doing that because they want to create this greater acceptance in society, which might be a laudable goal, right? And I I think generally speaking, I think, of course, that's that's a laudable goal for acceptance, but not when it comes at the expense of purposefully confusing kids and making it so that you're trying to push them in that direction, which I think ultimately is just really, really dangerous. Let's talk about what's happening at Disney. Um, I was reading an op-ed, and 
the author had said, you know, when you visit Disney, I, have, I haven't been in decades, but when you visit Disney, you, you typically see gender norms, right? You see dad holding a kid. You see mom with her, you know, her Mickey ears on, giving everybody food. It, it seems like that, that traditional American nuclear family. This article was saying that's who's going to Disney World. And now that Disney is showing them all these different things, they're going to alienate their customer. Um, why do you think Disney is doing this? I have to assume they're looking at the market and they're thinking this will help them. I don't think they get involved because they think that it will naturally hurt, nor do I think they get involved because they even care. I really don't think that businesses do that anymore. I think there's some businesses that do, but Disney never struck me as that kind of inherently woke leadership. Although in fairness, times have absolutely changed and there are more business owners who have adopted these kinds of ideological ideological positions. But I think that they were put in a place where they probably thought that the customer base wanted them to get involved. I think it was a huge miscalculation because I don't think the average family who is not inherently political either way, right? The the average American isn't a hardcore conservative nor a hardcore liberal. They're kind of down the middle. They'll sometimes vote Republican. They sometimes vote Democrat. They have their tendencies and it's kind of regional, depends on where you live. But for the most part, they're kind of independent. That's why politicians spend so much time trying to cater to an independent vote and turn them into an evangelist on their own side. And so I think that Disney just thought that this was the right business decision or they just had really bad advisors telling uh, upper management, yeah, we better get involved here. I looked on Twitter and you're trending in the wrong direction. It's silly. I I wish businesses would stop getting into this because they're just opening themselves up. What is what is Disney's stance on China? What is Disney's stance on uh, voting rights? What is Disney's stance on X, Y, and Z? Should Elon Musk own Twitter? I mean, now they are putting themselves in a position where their political positions and business positions beyond just the immediate actually now matters to people. Do you think they've done this to themselves? Do you think fewer people go or buy their products as a result? Or do you think this has no effect? I, I don't know. I, the, the truth of the matter is it's a little bit trickier when talking about Disney, right? D- do I think that some people might forego a vacation to Disney? Yeah, maybe, because it's already expensive for a lot of families to do that, and they might be looking for an excuse to get out of it. Do I think that someone who is a hardcore fan of something that Disney puts out or one of their other companies puts out, do, do I think they're going to suddenly give it a, you know, kick it to the curb? No, not necessarily. It's boycotts in general. And I've said this for a while, especially when the left was really hardcore in creating these like fake online campaigns to boycott companies. The people who claim that they're boycotting a company, either one, were never in that space to begin with. They were never purchasing Nike shoes or they were never going to Disney. This is all a giant virtue signal that seems meaningful online. Or number two, they're just lying. They're just lying because they want to change, uh, uh, you know, a direction of a business. I've never boycotted a company if I'm a fan of a product. Uh, you know, I think most people are just practical and they'll say, okay, this is really my only option or one of very few options that uh, I can pot- potentially purchase. So I'm just going to continue to do it. I just, I hate, I absolutely hate boycotts. And I also come from a position of, Look, I'm a talk show host. I I speak for three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And the idea that we can be boycotting 
businesses because they might be attached to someone with a political position that I, I don't like. It's it's a scary world. And so I try not to engage in any of that. And I don't like when people do. I, I understand when they do. I, mm-hmm. I just I just I'm deeply uncomfortable with it. We're going to engage a little bit more when we're momming today continues right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back on We're Momming Today with Jason Rance, a three-hour daily talk show. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> I talk for a living and I talk a lot. From the mom perspective, what is the most alarming thing that you have heard recently from your guests? I've heard a lot about safety, public safety in the Pacific Northwest in particular. It's an issue and it's an issue here in a way that it's different from New York or Chicago or L.A., where it's not uncommon in Chicago to have as many deaths and murders and, and assaults that, that occur. They're already really, really high. And in Seattle, when there's a jump to one homicide a week, that's very high for this area. And it's not what people here are used to, nor is it the reason why people come here. It's supposed to be very safe. And yet we're very clearly seeing a surge in crime, violent crime like homicides, but also assaults. We're seeing open air drug use pretty much everywhere in downtown Seattle. The homelessness crisis is out of control. We've got, we, we had for the longest time, almost a year, a dangerous homeless encampment that was on Seattle public school grounds, just literal feet away from a playground of a school. And parents were not happy with that. And we've started to see the, sort of consequences of that. You have lower enrollment in Seattle Public Schools in this upcoming semester than they anticipated, which cost them almost $30 million in budgets. It's because parents are pulling their kids. They don't want them in these schools anymore. And a lot of it also has to do with some of the wokeness, no doubt, and COVID changed things where they realized maybe the teachers unions weren't looking out for their kids. But I think overall, we're hearing so much more from people who are just saying, it's not safe I don't feel comfortable anymore walking with my kid to the park. Something needs to change. Where are they? Are they pulling their kids, Jason? Are they are they actually moving out of Seattle? They're, so it's hard to tell whether they're moving out of Seattle, but I can tell you they're moving out of King County, which is where Seattle is. So the census data indicates that they are leaving in bigger numbers than we've seen in the past. I mean, we've seen more people leaving King County than coming in for a couple years now, three, four years even. And that's unheard of, right, for, for this region, because we are used to having a whole bunch of people coming here because of the tech jobs that are so plentiful. A lot of them are leaving. Some of them are going to neighboring counties where it's a little less intense with the progressive nature of politics. Some are moving to nearby Idaho or Montana. And like so many others nationally, you're seeing a a nice sort of migration into Texas and Florida. And I think that folks need to start paying closer attention to that. You're going to see a little bit less on the the raw numbers of that happening in Seattle, just because Seattle is not particularly family friendly in, in, in a way. And a lot of the people who live here 
are younger tech people who are single. They haven't started families yet. They may not want to start families until a little bit later in life. But I, I think it's pretty clear that we're starting to see that trend and few people are talking about it openly. I'm so curious to see how November plays out. Honestly, I'm not a very political person by nature. If you want to think one thing, I'm cool with that. You know, I'm not I'm not controversial yeah. and I'm accepting of different points of view. And I, I live in New Jersey and I remember for the uh, governor's race um, on the playground when I was picking my, my kid up. The moms were actually talking about making sure that they went to vote for for the I'm in Bergen County, New Jersey, which is a blue area in a blue state. They were voting for the Republican. And I asked why. And they were passionate about it. And their number one reason was they feared that Governor Murphy would mandate vaccination for their young children. Yeah. And that just it's stuck with me. Year. It stuck with me. It, it, it's so funny because this week. The Washington State Board of Health voted unanimously against mandating vaccines for schools. And I think in large part, it's due to the intense pressure that parents were putting on them. I I live in a state that doesn't like to pay attention to the science. I live in a state filled with a lot of people who are wearing masks outside for no reason whatsoever. But parents really push back against the idea that they should be forcing this man uh, this uh, vaccine on their kids because they're smart enough to realize that the demographic that's least impacted by covid happens to be younger kids and it doesn't really make any sense we obviously don't have long-term studies on the impacts of this vaccine on children and i don't say that as someone who's anti-vaccine nor do i think that any of the data suggests a long term there's going to be any problems but i certainly understand why someone might say okay i've got a kid who's not really going to get sick if they get covid and you're telling me to put them in a position where they might potentially, even if it's a small uh, chance, have some long term effects of a vaccine that hasn't yet been tested in the long term on kids. Like, I get that position. I, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm also boosted. But I get that point. And that there have been too many people who have just tried to tell those those mothers and fathers, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an anti-vaxxer when all they're doing is operating in, I, I think, in good faith. And I think there's resentment when you do that to someone. Jason Rance, we have to leave it there. So good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I feel more like uh, a mother today. Uh, (laughs) Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.